Hello, everybody. This is Tom Capone, and welcome to Spoilers Alerts. This is episode number nine of the Oceanside High School Soccer Reunion with our special guest, Chris Geller. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for joining us this morning. And Chris, why don't you let everybody know where you're calling from? Well, I'm calling in from, I said Denver to you a minute ago, Lakewood, actually, but they're continuous towns, Colorado. Um, I'm visiting my daughter here. She's been out here for about five years which is a nice place to come and visit. And actually my wife and I are on our way to uh, Utah to explore the national parks there. Well, that sounds like a great uh, vacation and an opportunity to see the family. So your daughter's out there for a couple of years and you have grandkids out there as well? Yes, yeah, two grandkids. One is uh, four years old and one is one year old. Mm -hmm. Same ages as my other four grandchildren. They kind of, my kids decided to have kids the same year. So I have three three grandchildren that are four years old and three grandchildren that are one or just under one and where are the other grandchildren where, where, where's that family located uh one family's in lancaster pennsylvania and uh, the other family's down in philadelphia mm-hmm. so i've i've lived in uh, bucks county doylestown pennsylvania for oh geez almost 30 years that's where i ended up how did you wind up there chris what brought you to that part of pennsylvania well the I was living in New Orleans. I had worked in the oil business for quite a while. I was working for Mobile Oil at the time, and uh, their exploration geology department was over the '80s. In 1988, they haven't had hadn't had one new discovery. Mm-hmm. So uh, my kids were also reaching school age, and I, we thought it would be a good idea to move back to the Northeast. So that's what brought us back to Pennsylvania. I know it's kind of uh, moving ahead of, of the uh, soccer discussion we're going right. to have, but it's just interesting. How did you, uh, where did you go to school and what did you study that brought you into that field of work or line of work? Well, it, it was sort of a long, tortuous path. I, I went to a SUNY school up in Oswego, New York, mm-hmm. and uh, worked overseas in the oil business for a while as a, in a, in a technical capacity. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Ended up doing that in Western Pennsylvania also, in Titusville, Pennsylvania, where the first oil well in America was dug or drilled. And then I ended up in Kentucky, finished grad school there in uh, geology. And that's that's how I got hooked up with mobile oil. What school in Kentucky did you go to? Uh, University of Kentucky. Uh-huh. Just that's, had a big... that's, in, that's in Louisville or Lexington? Lexington. It's in Lexington. I spent yeah. uh, some time in Lexington also many years ago. It's a beautiful uh, part of the country. Yes, I, I have lots of fond memories and some good friends that are still there. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, again, thank you for joining us for episode nine. I can't believe this is the nine, the ninth conversation we're having, which is really focusing on the 50th reunion that's going to be coming up on November 17th at MacArthur Park. Um, I thought that the place that we could begin uh, with you is that you were a junior uh, the year that the Oceanside Shellers won the championship, the Long Island championship for the first time ever. Yes, that's right. So you had a, a unique experience in that you were able to uh, be on the team again as a senior, which for the second year in a row were Long Island champs. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And, and um, I've, I've enjoyed listening to the other podcasts because I've forgotten just about everything from that time in my life. <laughs> um, except the names of the people, which is really fun to hear, you know, from Eggy and the Rosenberg twins and, mm-hmm. and all of those guys and just sort of relive some of those memories. Um, and yeah, but so, yeah, we did have that, you know, a, probably a better team the next year. At least I would, I would <laughs> lean towards that side. 
so I'm going to say that that's the first time that that's come to light. The fact that you're, you know, somebody who has a perspective of being on both teams, that the, the uh, team that won it in, in 69 might've been a, a, a better team than the team that won it in 68. Is that what you're saying? That's, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe wow. more swagger having had that one yeah. <laughs> uh, championship under our belt. So what do you think? What, what was it that made uh, that difference uh, in, in the team between the first year that you won and the second year? I would say just, just the, from my memory, just the confidence of the team. You know, this team was coming back. A lot of, a lot of the guys had started the, the whole year before, the Rosenberg and uh, Andy Collins. I believe he, he might have been a starter and some of the guys in the back. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, they, they knew what it was to win. Sometimes, you know, you see – you know, you hear about it in golf, how the players have to learn how to win. And uh, these guys had had that experience and knew how to win. I, I guess that makes sense, because when I asked some of the others that I've spoken to during the course of these past eight episodes, there really was no expectation on the part of the members of the team at the beginning of the 68 season that there would be a possibility that you guys were going to go all the way. It didn't. I didn't get a sense that anybody thought that that was you know, in the cards for that group of, uh, of players. But at the beginning of the 69 season, I, but what I'm hearing from you is that because of the fact that you guys went all the way the previous year, I guess there was that expectation in place to, to repeat. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I, I really don't recall, like we had the pressure or set that goal, but I would think that was certainly in our sights. Mm-hmm. So one of the other things that I've been hearing from uh, the guys who were part of the, uh, the conversations everybody also you know has, has been sharing about um coach Wright, mm-hmm. and, and i don't know if you had an, an opportunity to see what was sent out jerry um i think sent out to everybody the a clipping that appeared in the oceanside herald the um, september 20th issue of the oceanside herald ran a story about the reunion mm-hmm. and about the 50th anniversary of the accomplishments of the soccer team i don't know if you had a chance to see that yes i i did look over it yeah Great so honor. one of the things that I will do, I'm, I'm going to quote my brother. He, in that article, he talked about Coach Wright in the following way. He said he was a dynamic guy, a great motivator, and he was very funny. Mm-hmm. So, what, what are your recollections? I'm sure that what you heard Jerry say about Coach Wright is consistent with what you thought. But is there anything else that you can add about uh, Coach Wright that might be specific to you, interactions that you had with him? Yeah, all, all of those things. And I think one of the areas that is his why he was a good motivator in my mind was he was able to connect with everybody I mean, with his sense of humor. And I think just about everybody on the team had a nickname, you know, he would, you know, find, find something to bones and eggy. And uh, a lot of the people just had nicknames. So I think at at each player on the team, he was able to form a bond with, and uh, that made you want to play for him or, you know, perform for him, not let him down. And I, he also had a temper. So when when, you, when when he was displeased, he would certainly let you know it. Particularly yeah, the guys you, who went you, to Merrill you, Avenue, we got you know paddled here and there. So you were one who, who was paddled by Coach Wright as a uh, gym teacher or phys ed teacher. Yeah, not too paddled. much, but yeah, yeah, he he wielded it with uh, great aplomb. And and you know my my recollection, having gone through Merrill Avenue also and having played for Coach Wright. Uh, you know, in uh, in high school, I don't think anybody uh, didn't want to get paddled by him in, in, a, in a kind of a weird way. It was yeah. uh, they they wore it as a badge of honor, as I've said previously. So I think everybody 
felt it was uh, his way of showing in a, in a kind of weird way his his affection for his players. Yeah, uh, if you were subjected to that kind of uh, pat on the back with his paddle, <laughs> right? As long as he didn't grab the one with the holes in it, that was the worst. <laughs> um, so, what was your role on the team, Chris? I I was a guy. I came in off the bench. I don't know how many minutes per game, or even if I played in that championship game, I don't remember. But I was, you know, I was a lineman there, and um, as I said, I would probably spell the guys for give them give them a blow or something like that. But I think I think my bigger role was on the bench with uh, Artie Silman. He, you know, Eggy talked about the scrub club. I think that was started by Artie, and he was a funny guy, and we were always cutting up and having a good time. I, I guess we cheering our team on, but maybe those long, long times on the sidelines, we got into some mischief there. You know, it, it, it's probably an important role, though, to keep things loose, and you guys <laughs> played that role. And... Right. Um, did things change for you in terms of the uh, playing time that you had as a senior? As a senior, yeah. Well, I was—I think I, the whole season I was fighting for a starting spot with uh, Bruce Ackerman. I think I went back and forth, and uh, we—I moved back to halfback. I, I think I peaked as an athlete, probably as a fourteen or fifteen-year-old, and everybody started passing me by. So I got a little slower. Everybody got faster and bigger. So I went from the line to halfback and started playing there. But yeah. I, I think we I got a lot of playing time, but I don't think I was a starter for the whole season. If I, if I have my facts correct, I think that you also played basketball. Yeah, I played basketball and baseball. I, you know, I sort of moved right one season to another. And yeah. uh, so we that was part of the, the, the playoffs extended the season. So we missed the beginning of the basketball season. But yeah, I, I played. So you played for Coach Jan. Yes, absolutely. He was a great guy. So can you draw any similarities between Coach Wright and Coach Jan? Were they very different? Or is there anything that you that you can share that stands out from the time that you played for Coach Jan? Yeah, I think Coach Jan was more specific in his approach to the game and to practices and stuff. I think he was – I think Artie just – Mr. Wright just mm-hmm. put us on the field for practice and we played. And you know, I think he picked the best players for the spots. And, and I don't think we did too much drilling or, or – mm-hmm. uh, plays or anything like that but with uh, coach jan he was always specific about what he wanted to accomplish in his practices and what he wanted us to do on the court so, and but i think there and their similarities where they both had a great sense of humor and uh, that that temper was there if you if you crossed them or didn't do what they wanted you to do but they were also very personable you know where they could relate to you i think all mm-hmm. the players they just related well to as did people the, did the basketball team um, have the kind of success on the basketball court that you guys had uh, on the soccer field. And yeah, no, we, I think both years, I don't think we won our division the two years I played basketball, but I think we went to the playoffs and maybe won a playoff game or two, but we didn't advance very deeply. And, and what about your baseball experience? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we had any championship baseball teams or even, you know, conference champions, but it was, <laughs> Again, the sports was fun. That was like a huge part of my life at that point. And uh, so, who was the coach of the varsity baseball team when you played? His last name was Skirbo. He was also the football coach, Andy Skirbo. Yeah, yeah. Well, that must have been at the very beginning of his career as a coach. Maybe so. Maybe so. Because I I know that he coached um, a number of years after I graduated, which was seventy six. Right. 
I'm guessing that maybe that was at the beginning of, the, of his career. Yeah, and any uh, achievements or any standouts uh, come to mind as far as baseball experience is concerned? Well, my, my best memory of baseball is actually back to JV. And there was a guy named An- Angelo Playa. He was the JV baseball coach. Yeah. yeah. But he, he had played or coached like the Brooklyn Dodgers. And, and uh, he, was, he was an amazing guy. He was about 100 pounds overweight more but he could you'd see him on the trampoline and the guy could like jump up to the ceiling and do flips and cartwheels so i imagine he was quite an athlete and uh he would there's actually a great book by uh, dolores kearns goodwin called um wait till next year mm-hmm. and it's about the dodgers in the in the early 50s and you know them them uh and she was from rockville center which right, right. Where I live. And, and anyway he angie ply is mentioned in that book and as one of the coaches there, but, and, but the guy just knew so much about baseball and life. He was just a wonderful man to be around too. That was, you know, when I guess when I was in 10th grade, but he was, I hope a, I'm not uh, stating fake news here or, or misstating my facts, but I think he went to um, school in Brooklyn. Was, um, my father went to school in Brooklyn. I think I remember my father saying that uh, Andrew Playa went to that school also uh, Lafayette, uh, Lafayette high school. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know that detail. I'm, I'm going to have to check on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had a, um, a lot of experiences as a um, three-sport uh, participant in high school. Mm-hmm. And did any of those experiences um, tr- go with you into college? And, and did you draw upon those experiences? Did they impact you in any way, shape, or form um, during your college days? Well, I played I played soccer a couple of years in college, up there at, at SUNY Oswego. In fact, mm-hmm. the last person from that '69 and '70 team I met, we played Cornell. So um, I met Andy Rosenberg on the field, and that was kind of cool. Uh-huh. I have a vague memory of that. So I, I think the just the camaraderie and the and the sportsmanship of being on a team and working together. I think those things have been with me all my life. Mm-hmm. On that. Do you remember who won the game between us, we go and Cornell? I don't. Well, it's going to be interesting to hear from him. Yeah. Who, who he, if he remembers who won that game. All right. I have a suspicion we got buried by them, but I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and did you keep in touch with any of the other players, you know, beyond high school and beyond college? I, I really didn't. That's why this is kind of fun, just hearing all these names and, and thinking about these people. But no, I, how did you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but how did you find out about the, the reunion? How um, did this information make its way to you? Yeah, Jerry, I guess he was able to get a hold of my brother. He still lives in Rockville Center. And my brother told me, this guy Jerry's trying to call you, you know, get a hold of him. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, this has been a, a focus of his for a number of months, and it's getting, it's getting closer. And uh, I believe that uh, there are going to be about 70 people, maybe more, at the reunion on the 17th. So I think it's something that everybody's looking forward to and excited by. And, and it seems to be reaching a lot of people uh, beyond the soccer team itself. And it's reconnecting people who haven't spoken to each other in 50 years, 40 years. So it's, very, it's, a, it's a very exciting time for everybody involved and everybody connected to Oceanside. Mm-hmm. I, oh, I totally agree. It's you know, a great effort by Jerry to put this together. Well, and I appreciate the fact he's given me the opportunity to sort of uh, be a part of this as well. I, I played on the 76 soccer team with Coach Wright, so I do feel a connection mm-hmm. um, to, you know, the, 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 the 
feelings that everybody has for Coach Wright. Right. And I'm glad I can be a, a part of it in this way. Um, anything else that you you want to share with uh, those who are listening um, about anything at all about Chris Geller, things that they you know had known about you, or things that you think that they might find of interest? Um, well, some of the, I, some of the notes that I jotted down. I was also part of the Oceanside United, you know, you know start, seminal soccer team there. Mm-hmm. So you played for Joe Goldberg. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, starting, I, I'm trying to. I don't even know when I started, but mm-hmm. you know, fifth or sixth grade is, I think, is when they started that team. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, the the fun stuff on the sidelines, and my, I was telling one of my friends about that. You know, they said, well, what was your role in that team? And I said I was part of the comic relief. And he said, so what what was one of the things you did? And I can't remember if this was high senior high school or junior high school, but we had these long baggy shorts. I look at them now; they weren't so long and baggy, but at the time they seemed like you know they're just out of fashion. But they're real mm-hmm. easy. You could because they were so long, you could grab either side of them and give them a quick <laughs> yank, and before you knew it, your uh, bare cheeks were <laughs> exposed right. to the the fans. So I think that was part of the antics that we we did. Do, do you have any uh, Joe Goldberg stories that, that you could share on the air? <laughs> I I just remember he was such a unique guy. You know, he had that real heavy European accent and driving around in that Peugeot station wagon mm-hmm. and uh, just him yelling at the referee. I can remember, referee, you know, that really <laughs> Eastern European accent. But it was so, such a unique experience that he'll travel around the city and play on fields with no grass and more my, rock. My experience uh, with him it wasn't so much of the actual game or, or playing uh, a, a specific game. It was getting ready to, to uh, take a road trip. Everybody showed up at his house, got dressed in the basement, and then we all would get in the van and he'd drive us to whatever, you know, location we were yeah. playing at. But I remember getting dressed in the basement and he would be cursing out his wife. I mean, <laughs> in a thick accent, it was, it was a little unnerving. Uh. Yeah, and, and and all the things that I can remember about my experience playing soccer for Joe Goldberg, that is the thing that remains in the forefront with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, how many years did you play United Soccer? I probably I would guess four or five, maybe. I, I don't know when mm-hmm. you know when we topped out. If it went into junior high years, mm-hmm. I think it did. That would yeah. be fun. And, and so, so what are some of the other things that you uh, you know thought about that you might want to share? Well, some of the other things I. I Part of my, you know, my in my wanderings, I did live in Greece for a few years, so I got to play on a played soccer over there with a pub team. Yeah, I lived in Greece for about three years. That was the beginning of my oil field career, and uh, the situation was I worked two weeks on and two weeks off. So I had two weeks of relaxation in Greece and two weeks of hard, hot, dusty, sweaty work in uh, Saudi Arabia. So my time in Greece was spent hanging out at the Red Lion Pub in Athens. And uh, I guess there was a soccer league there with a lot of other pubs and Greeks and expats and, and stuff like that. So that was a kind of a cool experience. I was like, oh, I play soccer, which was not that common for, for people from the U.S. at that point in time. So, yeah, that was cool. We uh, get together and play, I guess, on Saturdays, the best I can remember. And there were just players from all over the world. I, I bet you have enough stories that could fill up another podcast I, from those uh, from those experiences that you had over there. Oh, I had some adventures, no doubt. Yeah. It, is there one adventure that you could share, or, or we'll save it for another time? I think save it for another time. Nothing really comes to mind. <laughs> All right. So you were there a couple of years. Yeah. And and then you you 
came back to the States. Yes, re- repatriated and, and uh, I actually met my wife while I was in Greece. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we traveled around some different places, following, you know, just different uh, jobs and things like that. And then, as I said earlier, we settled in, in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. Raised three girls there in Doylestown. They all played soccer coming up. Never, never even got into say at the high school level, but they enjoyed it, and I enjoyed coaching all their sports and stuff like that. And it was a big part of that time in my life, raising the kids and coaching their sports and going to the, all their activities. I'm sure all the other guys have experienced that as well. My thanks to Chris Geller for joining me on episode number nine of the Oceanside High School Soccer Reunion podcast. Chris did a great job, and I look forward to meeting you on November 17th.